0: Good morning. How's everyone this morning? It's good to see you here with Sunshine Streaming in. We're so glad. Welcome to Church on Main. Whether you're with us here in person or with us at home, we're glad to see you. Uh, We'd love to start this morning off with some worship. So as you're able, please stand and join with us.
1: One, two, three.
2: built on nothing less than jesus blood and righteousness i dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on jesus name on christ the Son.
3: I have lived in the good God. sing of the goodness of god Of the goodness of God Oh, I'm going to sing Of the goodness of
0: God Let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much for bringing us here today that we can sing of your goodness forever and ever. And God, for the reminders that you are here and that you've picked us up through hard times and you're going to stay with us through all times. God, right now we ask that you calm our hearts and you calm our restless minds and you let go of the stresses of the week and you just give us a moment to sit here in your presence in your arms to learn what we need to learn and to take into the week what what we need to hear so that we can always be a light to others for you. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.
4: Amen. Good morning, everybody. (laughs) Good morning. It's good to see everybody. Thank you for coming and being with us as we gather here for worship. If you're here for the first time, there should be a Connect card in the P-Rack. If you'll fill that out, let us know that you've been here. We would appreciate it. If you have prayer concerns, put it on that card and let us know. If you're joining us via live stream, welcome. We are glad that you are with us as well. You can go to the address you'll see on the screen and let us know that you have been here. And we'll try to respond to any concern that you have as well, but we're glad you're here. We also, is worth mentioning that we've got people who join us via live stream in, in, in 48 states of, of our nation. And uh, we have four individuals in Dover, Delaware who've made a profession of faith and want to be baptized into our church. And that is a, that is a blessing. We also have one in South Carolina that wants to do the same thing. And so let's remember that our congregation is much bigger than just what's right here in Blacksburg. We have a a lot of people that are trying to, to learn of God's word as we gather here. We need to be in prayer for them as well. This week on Wednesday night, we'll be having our midweek Lenten services. We hope that you'll come. Our dinner's at 5.15 and service starts at 5.45. It was very well attended this past week and was a very nice service. We hope that you'll come. The next Sunday at 5.30, we'll be having a town hall meeting here at our church. We'll be go- going over the plans for our renovations of our facilities. And we hope that you uh, take a little time to come out and be part of that and just see what it's going to be. Today we're starting a new series, a short series on the I am statements of of Jesus. Uh, I I have reasons for wanting to do this series that I'll get into into the sermon, but our scriptures that we're going to look at today comes from the Gospel of John chapter 6. Before I read this, I need you to know just a little bit of background because if you know this background, it makes more sense. This event that I am reading to you today comes the day after Jesus had fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus had taught those people when he arrived there. He then did healings for people who needed it. And then he fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. And then the next day, this happens. So keep that in mind as we read this together. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea "...knew there had been only one boat. They also knew that Jesus had not boarded the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone off alone. Some boats from Tiberius came near the place where they ate the bread after the Lord gave thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and they went to Capernaum looking for Jesus." When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I assure you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Don't work for the food that perishes, but work for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father set his seal of approval on him. What can we do to perform the words of God, they said. Jesus replied, This is the work of God, that you should believe in the one he has sent. What sign then are you going to do that we may see and believe you? The day after he fed 5,000, they're asking for signs. What sign are you going to perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness just as it was, is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I assure you, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, but my father gives you the real bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. No one comes to me Who comes to me will ever be hungry and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. But as I told you, you've seen me yet you do not believe. The Jews began to complain about Jesus because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I have come down from heaven? From that moment... Many of Jesus' disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Let's pray. God grant that we would not be such people. It is easy for us to have our doubts that start to linger within our souls. It's easy for us to begin to question things as we walk along with you Yet I am reminded O oh God every time it happens to me of those moments when something has come to me that that could not have happened apart from you those moments when you have stepped directly into my life and have made all of the difference in the world I pray O oh God that we will all have such moments and I pray today that we will open our hearts and our minds and be open to your teaching for there is much we can learn from you if we will just be willing Make it so today, for it's in your name we pray. Amen. My guess is that you've all heard the old saying, that's the best thing since sliced bread. First time I ever heard that, that saying, my grandmother said it, I had no idea what she was talking about. I grew up on sliced bread and didn't even consider the fact that there had been a time when sliced bread didn't exist. It was years later when I figured out that there was a time when it didn't. And what triggered that was discovering how the toaster oven came to exist. The first electric toaster was invented by a Scottish man by the name of Alan McMasters. It was better than nothing, but that's about all you could say for it. You could plug it in, you had to watch the bread very carefully, or it would overtoast the bread. When it got to the darkness that you wanted, you unplugged it, you turned the bread over, you plugged it back in. If you turned away for even a few seconds and came back, it could be burnt up in a heartbeat. But it was better than anything that anybody had ever had before, so people made do with it. Every time you wanted to have a different slice of bread, you had to put one in and just go through it, to go through the motions all again. That worked very well until 1919 when a man named Charles Stripe got tired of doing that to try to have a piece of toast. So he invented the automatic toaster. He put, you could put two pieces of bread in it at a time and it had a timer on it so you could set it like you wanted to and it would give you toast every time that was the right darkness, the way that you wanted it. That was a very good invention, but it did not sell well because people had a hard time investing in an appliance that only did one thing. But that changed completely just a few years later when the Wonder Bread Company came out with sliced bread. They not only sliced the bread for you, but it was sliced to the exact thickness that would fit into that toaster oven. Just as soon as that came out, the toaster oven started to sell by the millions. It made a millionaire out of Mr. Strite, And Wonder Bread became the number one bread company in the world. Before they came out with sliced bread, it was impossible to get two slices. They were exactly the same width. But after they came out with it, you were able to do that. Those problems were solved and it gave life to the toaster oven. So, what does that have to do with the scripture that I read this morning? Not one thing. It has nothing to do with it. I just came across that story and I liked it and I'm a storyteller. So I decided that I was going to tell it. Don't ever say that I didn't give you some important information this morning. Oh, there's one more little piece to this too. Until this day, that, that uh, surveys show that when people make a piece of toast or but use their toaster oven, when they get through, they unplug it. That's been going on since the, since the first toaster oven was made. People would unplug it. Grandmother, great-grandmother unplugged it. Grandmother unplugged it. My mom unplugged it. We still unplug it. Most people unplug their toaster after they get through, even though there's no reason in the world to do that this day and time. That still has nothing to do with the scripture that I read just a few minutes ago. However, we are talking about bread today. We're talking about heavenly bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life that has come down from heaven. And if anyone eats this bread, they will live forever. John apparently considered this to be one of the most important teachings that Jesus ever gave because he devoted an entire chapter of his gospel to that one thing. Jesus Christ is the bread of life. He is the nourishment for our hungry souls. The only way to come to life was through Jesus Christ. That's what John was trying to get across to us. If anyone eats this bread, they will live forever. Why am I preaching this series on the I am sayings of Jesus during Lent? Well, the first reason that I'm doing it is because the I am teachings of Jesus was the very heart of the gospel of John. John was the only one who told us about those and, and John built his gospel around this very concept. John's gospel was the evangelistic gospel. John was trying to bring the faith of Jesus Christ to the world around him and he was absolutely convinced that if people could understand what Jesus was about and, and how much difference he could make in a person's life and in the world, they would want to follow this man. He believed if that's how attractive his message had been. Jesus had indeed paid a very high price to make us understand. Who God was to make us understand God's personality and to make us understand the message that we needed to hear about God. And so I think it's important for us to look at one of these I am sayings as we're marching toward the story of the cross. As we're headed toward Good Friday, it's important for us to look at what Jesus was trying to make us understand about Himself. The second reason that I want to look at these is because it fits so well the vision that we. We've developed for the next chapter of our church's journey just in case you weren't here during that time or, or you don't remember it let me show you the the mission statement and the vision statement that we adopted i think it was 2 years ago when we started our redreaming the future process Our mission statement reads, welcoming everyone in the love of Christ, growing disciples in the spirit of Christ, and sending servants in the light of Christ. And our vision statement says, to be like Jesus by bringing God's light into the world through love, hope, and healing. Those are the two guiding statements for every ministry that we are trying to do in this church. And we've developed three objectives to try to bring that vision to life through our church. And today we're looking at I am the bread of life because it fits the first objective of our vision next process. To grow grow God's kingdom to reach the next person by implementing new and creative ways to engage with our community through the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Our goal is to reach the next person by implementing new and creative methods of outreach to the community around us. And the message that we are trying to give to our mission field is that Jesus is the bread of life. He is the answer to, our, to the longings of our souls. He's the answer to, to the emptiness that people feel within them. He's the answer to our fears and our anxieties. Henry David Thoreau once said, "...the mass of men live lives of quiet desperation." That was his way of saying people are hungry for two primary things in their lives. They're hungry for security and they're hungry for significance. They want to know that their souls are secure no matter what and they want to know that their life matters for something other than just themselves. They want to know that their lives are going to count as they are living out their journey. That's what we are trying to accomplish through our church. We want all people to know that their souls are secure with God and we want all people to know that their lives can be significant with Jesus they can have eternal significance if they will follow in Jesus's word God's gift to us is a universal gift nobody is excluded from this gift if anyone eats of this bread they will live forever Our call as a church and and our commitment as a church is to try to show to our community, our mission field, that Everybody is welcome in our church. There are no restrictions as to who is invited to be part of Jesus's kingdom. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what kind of clothes you wear or, or, or what problems you may have had or mistakes you may have made, made along the way. The bread of heaven is for all of us, for everybody. Jesus's nourishment is for all of the souls of the earth. He's what our souls are hungering for. He's, he, it's he who is trying to reach the next person. And he is calling us to be part of that story, to bring meaning and hope to every soul that we can find, to bring life to every soul that we can find. Our goal as a Christian church is not just to survive. I am amazed at how many things that I read these days. That's talking about the survival of the church in America. I read I think I've, I think I've read eight articles in the last six weeks that have been written by people who are trying to help pastors who are trying to move forward in our post-COVID world and and in what is increasingly a post-Christian culture. I know these people mean well, and I know they're doing the very best they can. But every single one of those articles talked about the survival of the Christian church in America. Hells bells, guys, our call is not to survive. Our call is to thrive in our world. It is to thrive in our ministry. It is to thrive in the name of Jesus Christ. We have the message of life in our hands. We have the message of life in our souls. We have the message of security for for the souls of humankind. You can find significance and meaning and hope and purpose in our message. We don't want that message to just survive. We want it to permeate everything with the power of heaven itself. That's what we're called to be about. We aren't called to reach the next person and then look at them and say, eh, I might have something for you. Jesus is the bread of life. He's the food that'll nourish the soul of anybody who will accept him. I am the bread who comes from heaven and gives life to the world. That's good news, folks. And we're called to accept that gift into our lives and then to carry that good news to the next person because that is the message that can change people. It's the message that can change cultures. It's the universal message of eternal life. A few years ago, a group of Bible translators decided they were going to translate the Bible into the the language of a tiny tribe that exists in the jungles of, of South America. That tribe actually had a written language and they had a spoken language. They could read it very well, but nobody on earth can read their language. Nobody on earth used their language. When the translators went there, one of the things that they discovered was that there was no such thing as bread in their culture. They had never had a way to make bread and so they didn't have bread, didn't even know what it was. How do you translate I am the bread of life to people who don't know what bread is? Those translators stayed with that tribe and studied them for a while. What they discovered was that that tribe had a certain kind of banana that they used the way we use bread. And so when they translated the Bible for those people, they translated John 6:35 as I am the banana of life. Now, that sounds silly to all of us, but for that tribe, it was truly the message of life. Within just a few years, it was a predominantly Christian tribe. Those people realized they were included. Jesus was for them. They may not have known what bread was, but they knew what their banana was and he was the banana of life for them. This was the new and creative way that they found to try to reach the next person, to try to reach those people who needed to know of Jesus. Who is the next person? Who is the tribe in our community who doesn't understand our message at all? Who may think our message is alien? Who may think it's silly? Who may think it's a hate message because of the way some churches treat other people who needs to hear God's message in a way that can make sense to them are we willing as a church to become that creative message that new message that that new outreach to people that we are not reaching at all now God's message is a universal message. So we need to find new and creative ways to try to show that message to the next person that God brings to us. And that's what we're determined to do because the bread of Christ is both universal and very personal. Every soul is precious to God. There are no second-class citizens in the kingdom of God. And we need to make sure everyone knows that. One of my favorite Christian writers from the 1980s and and through the early 2000s was Lloyd Ogilvie. Lloyd was a Presbyterian pastor and the host of a nationally syndicated show that was called Let God Love You. Lloyd wrote 52 books during the course of his ministry and his last official ministry was as the chaplain of the United States Senate. That was during that brief period before Congress became as crazy as a badger on crack. Anyway, Lloyd w- was of Scottish descent and, and he enjoyed going to Scotland to where his family had originated. He, he even tracked down some distant relatives of his family. He would go see them. He went over there as often as he could. However, in the early 1980s, Lloyd was involved in a very serious accident that, that while he was there in Scotland. that It disabled him for over a year and there was a real question as to whether he was going to be able to walk again after that one day Lloyd was lying in his bed he said he was feeling sorry for himself he said he was as depressed and discouraged as he could ever been he said he was wanting to pray but he just couldn't get the words out he said he finally managed to muster up a two sentence prayer he said he looked at the scene and he said God this is Lloyd have you forgotten me Lloyd said when he finished that prayer, he lay there for just a few more minutes. Then he reached over and he started opening some cards and letters that people had sent him. There was one letter there that was from an old friend from California. Lloyd said this woman had sent him a picture that her mother had taken when Lloyd was the pastor of the first Presbyterian Church of Hollywood. There was a sign that was on the corner of that building that was very similar to the old sign that we had out here. Every week the support team would put the title of the sermon on the sign and then they put the name of the pastor who was preaching under the under the title but on one particular week they had a new support person who was doing it and so they put up the title of the sermon and then put the name of the pastor out beside it when Lloyd looked at that picture that had been sent to him what he saw was the Lord never forgets Lloyd Ogilvie Lloyd said, I had never needed a word from God more than I needed it that day. And right when I needed it the most, it came in the most personal and unusual way. Lloyd said he didn't even remember preaching that sermon when he was pastor of that church, but he would never forget the message that God sent him that day. The Lord will never, Lord never forgets Lloyd Ogilvie. Here's the message that we need for today, folks. The Lord never forgets anybody. His message is for everybody, and it's always personal. Jesus is the bread of life for a hungry world, and he's the bread of life for you. He's the bread of life for me. He's the bread of life for people whose faces we have never seen before and who do not believe in anything, but they need to know that God loves them. Our God wants to change everybody and he wants to make us better. He wants to make the world better. And he wants us to reach the next person with a love that will never forget them. A love that will never let them go. He wants us to reach the next person with a love that will never fail to fill our souls with meaning and purpose and with life. That's the vision that our church is chasing right now. And we can all be part of that vision if we'll just turn to Jesus Christ and make him part of our lives. If we'll give our lives to Jesus in faith. If we'll look and see ourselves as a church, as the body of Christ. We are the hands and we are the feet. We are the, we are the spoken word. We are the eyes. We are Jesus' body on earth to go into the world and do the work that, that he has called us to do. The Christian faith is not a faith for loners. It's a sacred community that's that's called to be on mission for Jesus. Where the army of God and the only weapon that we have is the army of God is the love of Jesus. We're called to love God, to love ourselves, and to love the next person the way Jesus loves us. And we can do all of that if we'll let Jesus be our bread of life the bread of life to our souls and the bread of life through our church to the world the question is not will jesus be for us the G, will jesus forget us will will jesus turn his back to the question is will we give our lives to him and will we become what the next person needs let's pray together Lord Jesus, we come to you today knowing very well that you are the gift of life to us. You are the one who makes all things new. You are the one who brings hope to our souls. You are the one who loves us even when we find it hard to love you. You're the one who cares about us even when we are struggling to believe. Help us to know that you believe in what we can be, Lord Jesus. You are the nourishment that our souls need. Help us be willing to give our souls to you and to believe that you will transform us and make us more than we ever imagined if we will simply come to you in faith. Make it so today, O Lord, for it's in your name we pray. Amen.
5: Let him turn it in your favor Watch him work it for your good He's not done with what he started He's not done until it's good Let him turn it in your favor Watch him work it for your good He's not done with what he's started. He's not done until it's good So hello peace, hello joy Hello love, hello strength, hello hope, it's a new horizon. not my future you are sickness is not my story you are heartbreaks not my home you are
4: may the lord bless and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace this day and every day now and forevermore amen